Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. Highly contested. T3 on the track. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Hello and welcome to Highly Contested. This podcast covers some of the hottest topics in the world of football and basketball, where our crew gives our highly contested takes on these topics and supports our takes with facts. I'm Andrew and I'm here with George and Joe. George, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great today. There's no better way to start off the week than with another great episode of Highly Contested. And the Lakers just won their 17th NBA championship. Excited to start the week off with my boys on this podcast. How are you doing today, Drew? Doing pretty darn good. And yeah, just like you were saying, Lakers, 17th championship. LeBron, fourth championship, fourth finals MVP as well. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing just all right, Joe? Are you sure? Yeah, all right. Are you sure, Joe? I mean, your Raiders did pull off an epic uh, underdog win against those Chiefs. I already knew they were going to win, so. Joe's a fortune teller. I can see that. All right. So, some of today's future topics include, did LeBron earn his damn respect after winning finals MVP? What was the biggest reason why the Raiders were able to upset the Chiefs? And what is the overall impact of Dak's injury on the Cowboys? Let's dive headfirst into it here on Highly Contested. We're going to start with the NBA. The NBA 2020 season is finally, yet sadly, over. The Los Angeles Lakers are your NBA 2020 champions after their blowout win in Game 6. They defeated the Miami Heat 4-2 in the NBA Finals, and LeBron James has won his fourth Finals MVP after many thought that he was done after last year, calling him the Washed King. So, George, did LeBron earn his damn respect after winning Finals MVP? Yeah, LeBron definitely earned some respect from others in this great performance that he had in the bubble on this championship run. Like you said, he's now a four-time NBA champion. He's a four-time finals MVP. And when LeBron said that Frank Vogel, Rob Palinka, and the Lakers and himself want their damn respect, I think they were able to earn it this season. Vogel was heavily doubted when the Lakers had hired him. People were questioning if he if he could get the job done, and if he was able to bring that defensive mindset. He made great adjustments throughout the playoffs with different lineups depending on the opponents, coming back from losses with proper adjustments, and not losing two games in a row in the playoffs. Rob Palinka was another person that was heavily doubted and highly questioned when he received the job, but he showed the NBA world that he knew what he was doing and put together the right players on this team. To make a championship run, he was able to pull off that trade to get Anthony Davis along with other key players. The Lakers were doubted all year and throughout their playoff drought. You know, they were doubted in the first round against the Blazers. Many thought the Blazers weren't your regular eight seed and could dethrone them. Then when they played the Rockets, they were heavily doubted again. And then when they played uh, the Nuggets, they were doubted again, you know, All season long, they thought it was going to be the Clippers who won it all. 
So definitely LeBron and this Lakers team and everyone involved earned their respect after gaining their championship. And LeBron, who's been doubted his whole career, proves again his greatness by getting his fourth championship. Um, this is the Lakers' 17th championship. They are now tied with the Celtics and have as many championships as the Western Conference combined. LeBron and Anthony Davis become the first duo to lead in the postseason in scoring since Kobe and Shaq in 2002. What are your thoughts, Joe? Did LeBron earn some, his damn respect? Yeah, we kind of all figured, at least I figured that LeBron was already going to win the, uh, the finals MVP if if and when the Lakers won the finals. But we thought it was going to end in game five. It just took a little bit longer after, after the game five and ended in game six. LeBron wanted this win, and he sure got it for his team. He was 13 for 20 on field goals. He, he, he slumped on the three points with one for five, and he grabbed 14 rebounds, 10 assists for 28 points. Some people would say he doesn't deserve this finals MVP. But in my books, he does. He was out there consistently getting points, rebounds, and assists, and overall putting, helping this team get their wins. But the Lakers are a good team for now because there's a team out there lurking in the win in the Bay Area. Interesting thought, Joe. Uh, and we'll get to that here in a second. But just uh, to answer the question, you better believe he earned his damn respect. But you know, the haters will always hate. They called him washed after last season. But let's look at his stats from last season. 27.4 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, 8.3 assists per game. And you're telling me that the King was washed after that kind of a season? Sounds like a career year for most NBA players, if you ask me. If, you know, taking a little quote from old Aaron Rodgers' book. But LeBron does it, and he's washed. LeBron has a season like that, and he's washed. He comes back this year, averages the most assists he's ever had at 10.2 per game. He makes the playoffs, wins the finals, and earns finals MVP, making him the first player to ever do it with three different teams. Ladies and gentlemen, bow to your washed king. What are your thoughts, George? Yeah, he's tied for that uh, first player to do it with three different teams. Did you know that? To win finals MVP? No, no, just to win a championship with three other teams. Oh, well. Him and uh, Danny Green have now done it. Nice. So, <laughs> well, uh, he's, uh, he's the first player to earn finals MVP. on three no, teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, great points to what you're saying. Um, him and Aaron Rodgers definitely got that in common where their down years are career years for mainly anyone else. But, you know, last year, if we're talking about last year, let's not forget that he did have the Lakers in the fourth seed until he did hurt his groin. So I don't think he had a bad season last year. You know, it was just he got hurt and then, you know, the Lakers lost some games and then he was recovering. So but as far as this season goes, he proved the doubters wrong, and they were able to get that championship. Yeah, I just think you know when you when we referenced last year, I just think those haters they were just rubbing their hands together, they were you know licking their lips, you know, looking like just like oh, yeah, LeBron finally, finally looking like an average player. What you know, they were just so excited, but. In the end, you know, he proves why 
He is considered one of the greatest to ever play the game. And in my opinion, he proved this year that he is the greatest to ever play the game. Yeah. And one thing that I think the doubters or haters or whatever they want to call themselves are going to be saying this this year after this championship is does this can, is this championship an asterisk? What, what are your guys' thoughts on people that consider this an asterisk championship? Uh, this is not an asterisk. Everybody walked into everybody walked into this championship with the or this um, the bubble, I should call it. Everybody walked into this bubble with the same expectation, not expectations, but um, circumstances. Every, circumstances. Thank you. Yeah, same circumstances. Uh, nobody was nobody was favored really because there's no home field advantage. You know, I mean, yeah, you could you can play favorites based off of like you know how they performed in the regular season or this and that, but let's taking all that and taking all that aside, you, you know, nobody had like an, an advantage when it came to who was there in the arena to cheer them on. I mean, that, everybody was, everybody was on equal terms every single game. Oh yeah. I mean, it showed in the playoffs, you know, that anything could happen. There wasn't that advantage. We saw Miami upset, you know, Milwaukee, we saw the Nuggets upset the Clippers. So we definitely saw some teams, you know, thrive in this situation and some teams, you know, maybe didn't. So definitely, Joe, what are your thoughts on people that are calling this an asterisk? Now, this thing, the asterisk, like Drew said, no one had to even playing field. It's just who was hot and stayed hot. And the Lakers stayed hot throughout their whole series. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I, I would consider this a harder championship with all the circumstances going on, not just, you know, with the pandemic, but, you know, racial things going on. And we almost saw, you know, with the Milwaukee game when they didn't even come out and play. So there's plenty of times where the championship wasn't going to happen, you know, where the season was almost ended due to various reasons. And, you know, they had to compete and play through all this and they couldn't go home. They were stuck in the bubble for about three months. So everyone had to go through things that normally you don't have to go through. So I think that this is actually a harder championship to win than a normal season. Yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, you make that point because the Lakers were the Lakers and the Clippers. They were both two teams that were very vocal about how, you know, they were ready to cancel this. They were ready to just cancel the season. And you're talking about the two teams that were most favored to win the championship. Both of those teams were ready to just cancel the season for those for uh, for racial injustice concerns. So it was obviously a big enough deal that it almost canceled the season. And you know, luckily for us fans, you know, it didn't. But it it, it, it almost became that. It almost became that to where the two teams that were most favored would have been out. And if that did happen, if both of those teams just forfeited their playoff spots, well then this would have had a big asterisk on it, a bit asterisk, however you pronounce it. I don't even know. But (laughs) in my opinion, that does have a big asterisk about it because then, you know, the two teams that are most favored to win weren't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, It would have been interesting if that's the route they would have went. Uh, I don't know if, you know, they would have just shut down or other teams would have said, let's stop playing too, or if they would have continued without those two teams. But, you know, back back to the championship, you know, it was a great run by Miami. 
you know, they put up a fight. They didn't go down. They dragged it out an extra game than most people thought. Most people called it in five. They took it to a game six. You know, Jimmy had two career games that, you know, he showed that he could put the team on his back. So it'll be interesting to see what Miami could do in the next season to build on their performance this year. But LeBron and Anthony Davis, man, they were special. Rondo was special in this game, really proved that, you know, that whole playoff Rondo was pretty much a real thing. And he balled out in this game in game six and, you know, helped them out when they needed help because a lot of people didn't show up in that game five. And that's why it came to a game six. So we got more people that stepped up today and, you know, rest in peace to the great legend, Kobe Bryant. Hopefully they were able to make him proud and the Bryant family. But yeah, Drew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Rondo because not only Rondo, but we have Dwight Howard. We have just a bunch of players on that Lakers team that many consider to be washed up. And, you know, you can make the argument that maybe Dwight is washed up, but I think he gave him some quality minutes when he was in the game. And those are those are things, those are just those, you know, th- those intangibles from these players that many considered to be washed out, washed up and washed out that wrote that these players rose to the occasion when it mattered. And that's something to that's something to definitely respect that playoff Rondo, Dwight Howard, you know, these guys came out and they balled in the playoffs. But but um George, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, they earned their damn respect this postseason, but carry on. But to address something, Joe, that you mentioned earlier, you mentioned about, oh, uh, the Golden State Warriors. So do you do you believe, Joe, that, that the Golden State Warriors team of next year can stand up to this Lakers squad next year? Yeah, once we get that, um, that center coming out of the draft, I believe he'll be a great fit for those Warriors. And um, we'll see them in the playoffs. You think Wiseman will be the difference, and you think that this you think that this Golden State team can size up to the Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, I believe so because we'll be getting all our players back. Clay's healthy, and um, whoever else was injured on that team last year is healthy. George, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean. You know, the, the Warriors, they're going to be there. The Lakers will be there. It'll be interesting how it plays out next season. But only time will tell. Right, and you still got the Clippers too. So that's one thing to think about next year, especially if they get a decent coach. Oh, yeah, the, the West is always going to be tough. So it's going to be a toss-up next year. I mean, I think you still got to put the Lakers as the favorite just because they're going to be the defending champs. But definitely don't sleep on the Warriors because we saw them without KD. You know, they were that the best winning record in a regular season. So they're, they're no one to be slept on. All right, let's switch it to the NFL. The Las Vegas Raiders went to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday. It looked like this game was going to be in favor of the Chiefs as they took a 21-10 to lead. However, the Raiders would go on to score 30 of the next 33 points to put them up. 40 to 24. The Chiefs would score another touchdown, but would never get the ball back as the Raiders would win 40 to 32. So, George, what was the biggest reason why the Raiders were able to upset the Chiefs? All right, man. I'm gonna tell you guys right now. I'm I'm one of the people that is very critical on Derek Carr, but 
I will say, no, he, he balled out this game. He really showed that he is good. He had a great performance against the Chiefs. You know, prior to this game, he was 0-6 in Arrowhead. And it, it looked like history was about to repeat itself with another poor start when the Chiefs went to a 14-3 lead and Carr had thrown a bad interception. But Carr, Carr showed great poise. He settled down. He threw for 347 yards and then was able to upset the defending champs in Arrowhead. But... Someone else that balled out that day is Henry Ruggs. He brought the sauce this week. He only had two catches, two catches, but was able to turn those two catches into 118 yards, including a 72-yard touchdown. The speed this guy brings to the table is game-changing and allows Gruden to expand his playbook, and he's a game-changer. He's got that breakaway speed where two, two touches – and he's having a great performance over 100 yards and 72-yard touchdown. That's incredible. But Carr really impressed me this game. He had a good game. And, Joe, what are your thoughts on this Raiders win? What did I tell you guys in my weekly pick I told you that the Chiefs were going to lose and Raiders were going to win. But uh, the Raiders used the film from the previous games that the Chiefs played earlier this season. They studied that film. And it worked out, even though the Chiefs and Raiders played like there was no defense on the fi- on the field. And the Raiders, let me tell you this: the Raiders are three and zero when Ruggs is playing. So that kind of ex- explains how of an offensive threat Ruggs is. Everyone wants to do- uh, double him because he, like you said, George, he has that breakaway speed and he is a deep threat. Oh yeah, and we and he like and he also opens up the field because he is that threat. He opens the field up for our other receivers and our tight ends like Darren Waller. And our, the running game wasn't too hot, but we still got Josh Jacobs still got a lot of yards. But now that we're heading into our bye week, we need to get healthier because I know we we got some injuries in today's game, so. We need to use this bye week to study film, get healthy, and get ready for the Buccaneers. That Buccaneers game is going to be pretty interesting too. But to stick with this question, what was the biggest reason the Raiders were able to upset the Chiefs? Honestly, this was an all-around, just impressive collective win for the Las Vegas Raiders. John Gruden kept his team motivated and hungry for this win. The defense did its job limiting Kansas City to 24 points while the game mattered, including only 80 yards rushing the whole game for the Kansas City Chiefs. The offense, the Las Vegas offense, gradually accumulated 490 total yards of offense, including 144 rushing yards, which left 346 yards to the man that I'm finally glad you're giving some respect to, George, and that man is Derek Carr. He threw an interception early in the game that led to a Chiefs touchdown and the score 14-3 in favor of the Chiefs. He could have folded like he talked about from the pressure, but no, he came back from his interception blunder and he helped his offense get 37 more points on the Chiefs for the win in Arrowhead. In Arrowhead, by the way. And he did it with deep passes, which was one of your biggest concerns for him, George. You talked about his deep passing down the field 
He was four for seven on passes 20 yards or more today. He scored two of his three touchdowns from deep passes 20 yards or more. He was outstanding. And again, I'm glad you're putting some respect on his name. Yeah, I mean, I'm one to call it how I see it. And like I said, this game, he really showed out and had a great game. Joe, I want to know your thoughts on the defensive coordinators. So I know Eric was, you know, crucial on him. And it looked like he made some right adjustments this game. After halftime, they only allowed the Chiefs to eight points. And it looked like they gave Mahomes, you know, trouble all night. So, Joe, what are your thoughts on the defensive corner? Did did he prove that he's doing his job or... Should they look somewhere else still? Or right, before I answer that, I want to. Uh, before I answer that question, I want to say how good is Nelson Aguilar? I know he had catching catching problems, dropping problems on the Eagles, but he's looking damn good with the Raiders right now, catching pretty much every ball that's been thrown to him and getting his chances to score. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar. I forgot who I was talking to before when they first made the the acquisition of him but i was talking to someone about it and i i I had a feeling he was going to ball out and be good for the raiders just for the fact that you know he he did play bad in philly but you know part of that came like the whole city was against him in philly you know like he became a meme you know and there's that famous one where what was it the in the fire they're saying they're just throwing things out but they were catching them on like aguilar so when the whole city is against you like that, you know, you it gets in your head, it gets in your psyche. You're you're going to double guess, you're going to overthink and, you know, some of those catches that you should catch are going to be drops, you know, cuz all that pressure's on you. So this was a fresh start, a clean slate. So I had a feeling he was going to be able to do some good things with the Raiders. Yeah, okay. Now to answer your question, Paul Gunther did a really good job in that second half, like you said, limiting them to 8 points and I I want to see that from here on out, stopping high-powered QBs. And no no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is an elite offensive player, and he can read defenses. And Paul Gunther just out-defensed him in the second half, and I love to see it. And Mahomes actually threw his first pick in the, I think, I forgot how many games it was, but this, this was his first pick. And it was to the Raiders. So that explains a lot what Paul Gunther studied on the film of the Chiefs. Yeah. Do you think this is going to be something moving forward that the Raiders could build on? Or do you think this was just an aberration of a good defensive coordinating by him? I want to see it moving forward. But like I said, uh, there is some injuries and we're only playing with five defensive linemen this game and they all came through but we need to get healthy on that defensive line yeah uh it was it was it was a good game it was a good game for the raiders no doubt the uh is his name paul gunther joe that's his name yeah paul gunther definitely is better than todd wash on the jaguars but that's a topic for later all right We're going to keep it in the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers took on the Miami Dolphins in a blowout win by the Dolphins. The game got out of hand by halftime as Jimmy Garoppolo was pulled from the game down 30-7 to at halftime. So, George, are there concerns moving forward with Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback after he was pulled from this game at halftime? 
Yeah, I think this is going to be a big deal moving forward. So like you said, Jimmy G, he's coming off his high ankle sprain. He had a terrible half where he threw two interceptions, had a 15.7 passer rating, and then was benched for C.J. Beathard. Like I said, I think this is going to be a big deal moving forward. The 49ers had playoff hopes to build on their Super Bowl appearance from last year, and it now looks like they will not be participating due to various injuries and poor quarterback play. So definitely a big deal this season. We'll see if Jimmy G could bounce back. Do you guys think that they rushed him back, or do you think he was just having a bad day at the office? Uh, Joe, do you want to start off, or do you want me to? Oh, you can go ahead and start out. Um, To answer your question, I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, I think it was a bad day at the office, but I also think that he came back too early. And I think, I think both things can be true, and in this case, both things are true. To answer the question, though, the overall question, I don't think there's concerns moving forward after this game. He was coming back early from injury, like we talked about. His injury had a four to six week timetable, and he came back in three weeks. I definitely didn't expect him to light up the game. It was a bad performance, no doubt, but this was a bad performance all around by the San Francisco 49ers. The defense allowed 30 points by halftime. The offense couldn't get going at any point. Now, I will say this, though. If Jimmy continues to play this way, we've got some reasons to be concerned, but I'm not expecting a good game from a guy coming back early from an ankle injury, especially when you have to plant your feet to throw that ball. Yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't necessarily say they're giving up on Jimmy G, but they needed they needed a spark on that offense because it was stalling every possession. And and look what happened. The uh, so CJ Beathard's first drive, he was able to throw a touchdown to Bourne. And that was kind of a spark. But don't worry, 49er fans. I guarantee you uh, CJ Beathard would have will struggle again like he always does. And Jimmy G will get his other chance. But they, like Drew said, it, he got came back early from an injury. And you could you could tell that it was a little uncomfortable, and those two picks were pretty devastating. And I predicted the Niners to win, but dang, they got they got plumbled. And I expect the Niners to bounce back sooner or later. But we'll see if uh, Jimmy G could still um, ball out. Yeah, and. You know, it's interesting that, you know, you talked about like, oh, moving forward, uh, you know, oh, CJ Beathard's still going to be who who he has shown us to be before. So Jimmy's going to get an opportunity. I think, to be honest, Joe, I don't think that they're going to, like if if Jimmy says he's good to go, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive they go with him next game. But I'm thinking that they just, they pulled him out though, because I think that ankle was bothering him a little bit. I don't. I don't think it was I don't I don't think there was any reason for him to continue staying on the field considering how out of hand the game got at that point. So I'm pretty sure they pulled him for that for that reason. Now, of course, he did have a terrible game, so that's what it's going to look like. It's going to look like they pulled him because he had a bad game, kind of like, you know, how how they did with Mitch Trubisky when Nick Foles got the chance to play. But I don't 
think that I don't think that um, they're I don't think that they're giving up on Jimmy. I think that they just pulled him because of his injury. But I will say this: in the event that Jimmy doesn't play better, we know that this 49ers team is ready to win now. So what do the 49ers do as a franchise, guys, after that? If in the event that Jimmy doesn't play better? I think they definitely explore their options, but I mean, like I said, I think this year is basically going to be a wash anyways, just because of all the injuries that they've suffered. So it's going to be tough either way this year because the line isn't there. The defense isn't there injuries all around the team. So it's going to be hard for any quarterback to win in this situation. And they got a tough schedule coming. So they got to play against the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints all coming up pretty soon. So they're going to have a tough stretch coming right now. And with all the injuries and everything, it's going to be interesting to see who will be the quarterback in these games. And if it is Jimmy G, is that high ankle sprain still bothering him? Uh, What are your thoughts, Drew? Yeah, and I guess... I, I should probably be, I should have probably been a little bit more specific with my question, but I was just more so thinking, okay, so let's say the season plays out and we notice that Jimmy is not playing better and you know, it's, it's the end of the season. So we're walking into the off season. What do the 49ers do as a franchise? Then do they look to the draft? Do they look in free agency? What do they do if they realize that Jimmy isn't the guy? Uh, I would probably go with going through the draft. That's the way I would go. Uh, looking through you know, free agency, you're probably going to have to pay for an older quarterback who's a journeyman. And we've seen you know, teams, if you get the right quarterback on a, the rookie deal, you can make it to the Super Bowl and compete. And you're able to pay everyone else because they're still on that rookie deal. So I think that's the route I would choose. Joe, what route would you choose? Oh, I'll I'll go with the uh, draft as well because, like I said, those rookie deals you could sit behind Jimmy G, uh, and if he messes up, um, you could put a that rookie in. But um, yeah, like, like you said, I'll go through the draft. Yeah, if it was if it was me, I would do the same thing because let's think about this right now. The this Forty ers team is solid all around. Now, of course, they've had you know a. They've been decimated by injuries this year and they haven't looked like the same 49ers scene that we saw last year, but there is so many things that are going into this season that never went into last season and so many different variables that you have to consider. In my opinion, I would go through the draft too, because you can get a quarterback who you can, you can look at these college quarterbacks and find one that when given the right system is going to elevate that team. And I think that there's a quarterback in the draft in the event, of course, that Jimmy doesn't play better. I think that there's a quarterback in this draft that can take the reins of that offense and make it better than what Jimmy has ever done with it. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I agree with the point you just made because this is a run-heavy team and Jimmy G's kind of a game manager. You know, He's not asked to throw the ball a lot. We've seen him throw the ball, I think, less than 10 times in a game before. So, yeah, definitely a rookie could come in. And as long as he just makes a few accurate passes and they run the ball heavy like they do normally, I think there can be success. But 
I think it's still too early to just, you know, blow it up and give up on Jimmy G. Like we said, you know, he's coming back from that injury and not just his injury, but the whole team's injured. So it's, it's hard for anyone to succeed in this scenario. So I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, blow it up yet. But, you know, if it does carry on, like in the scenario you said throughout the whole season, I mean, you, you got to explore your options because this is a good team. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to at least draft a quarterback in the event that Jimmy G doesn't turn out to be what you expected him to be. Yeah, I agree. We're going to move to a different NFL topic. First off, before we start this topic, I think we here at Highly Contested want to offer up our thoughts and prayers to Dak Prescott, who received a serious broken ankle injury in today's matchup versus the New York Giants. Uh, Gentlemen, you want to offer your thoughts and prayers up right now? Yeah, prayers out to uh, Dak Prescott. Hope he gets a speedy recovery. think he was going under surgery today which was kind of rare so that might not be the best of news so i haven't heard any extra updates but you know let's hope that it's all good and he gets a speedy recovery yeah t's and p's for dak prescott yeah dak had surgery uh surgery sunday night and from the looks of the image his brother put on social media he seems to be in high spirits so that's at least a good sign Hopefully that is the case. We know he's had some mental health concerns. So hopefully, you know, you know, that is the case that he is in high spirits. But with that being said, what is the impact of Dak's injury on the Cowboys? We're going to start with you, George. Yeah, I think this is a huge impact for this team. And I know it might not look like it just because their start to the season wasn't that great. But when we look at Dak Prescott, he has the third most wins by a starting quarterback since 2016 with 42 wins. The only two players with more wins than Dak Prescott is Tom Brady, who has 50 wins, and then Russell Wilson with 44 wins. He's also the fourth in NFL history with the most passing yards in the first five games of a season. With 1,856 yards, the three quarterbacks above him is Kurt Warner, Payne Manning, and Tom Brady. So when we're looking at Dak Prescott, he's a good quarterback, great quarterback at times. And, you know, this is a big blow anytime you lose your quarterback or any player, really. It's always a blow to your team, and his impact's going to be great. Luckily for the Cowboys, though, they were able to get um, a solid backup quarterback in Andy Dalton, you know, and you never hope to have to start because of an injury. But, you know, the Cowboys were prepared. You know, they they have one of the better backup quarterbacks. He's a quarterback who's been in the league a while with the um, Bengals, and he's taken them to the playoffs. So he's a playoff caliber quarterback, and he's been through the the NFL for a while. So he's good. They got a good team around here. And I think the Cowboys just got to focus on that run, you know, let Zeke feed Zeke and let him run. And then they got weapons as wide receivers. So I think Andy Dolan can succeed in this offense, but yeah, sad to see anyone get hurt. So prayers out for Dak Prescott. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah. Like you said, this is going to, this is going to be a big hit to the Cowboys and I hope to see Dak come back stronger and healthier than ever. And I believe Dak, um, like you like you said, I mean not Dak, oh, like Andy Dalton, like you said, he is a solid backup. But 
through um through the end of his years in the Bengals organization, he did not look too hot, and I believe that's gonna uh, be a weakness for this Cowboys offense for for now on until Dak comes back, and you could see that Dak loved this game the way uh, he was when on the when he was coming off of the field on the cart. He was in tears, and that's that sucks to see, anyways. And I hope this doesn't hurt his chances for a contract extension because he was playing on the franchise tag. And this was supposed to be an easy dub for the Cowboys, but anything could happen in the game of football. T's and P's to Dak. Yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with you guys. Uh, obviously, Dak's a, a good player. You know what I mean? And like you mentioned, George, he can look great at times. But that's exactly what Andy Dalton was with the Bengals. And so if you're talking about how this will affect the Cowboys, I don't think it'll affect the Cowboys too much. This is exactly the reason why they brought Andy Dalton in. Andy Dalton has played nine seasons with the Bengals. In those nine seasons, he averaged over 3,500 yards a, uh, a season. He had 22.7 touchdowns a season and a passer rating of 87.5 for his career as a Bengal. He's the ideal backup considering he has the experience and he still considers himself a starter and is ready to take the reins as a starter. The Cowboys are in control of their division right now with a with a, with a two and three record, but still in command. Andy Dalton has the best offense he's ever had at his disposal with this Cowboys offense. I think he's going to need a week to develop that chemistry, but he should be good to go after two weeks, and I believe the Cowboys will still win their division. Now, this, as you mentioned, Joe, you talked about him being on a franchise tag. So I guess my question to you guys would be, what do you guys think the impact of this injury will be on Dak's career moving forward? Yeah, you guys both touched up on points I was going to bring up. So the contract, yeah. And then, Joe, you said, you know, you're talking about Andy Don and Drew mentioned that he's never really had a team like this. You know, he's got weapons all around, so he probably will succeed. But um, back to that, it's going to be tough. I mean, I don't think, you know, if everything goes well, hopefully he'll be back. I listened to a couple doctors earlier in the day, you know, and it's looking like if it's not, and out of like if his bone didn't go out of his skin, then you know, I think they said looking at six to eight months and he should be back fine. But you know, worst case scenario, because they were looking at having surgery on that Sunday night, was you know, they're looking at different possibilities on the reason why. And one of the reasons, you know, without much information was like, well, if the bone came out of the skin, you know, and then you're looking at an Alex Smith situation where you can possibly have you know, infections and things of that nature, which can hurt his career. So, you know, at, at, to this point, I don't really have much information on the severity of his injury and what happened and why they needed to have surgery right away. So hopefully it doesn't affect him long-term because like Joe said, he was playing under the franchise tag. So he's not there long-term. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I think that, and again, you know, you hate to see this. You really do. But I think that the Cowboys, especially if Andy Dalton, you know, 
can win this division for the Cowboys, I think they move forward with Andy Dalton instead of Dak Prescott. I mean, they were already debating whether or not they should pay him. And I think that they're going to, I think that they're just going to cut ties and move forward. And it's sad, you know, cause you hate for that to happen uh, for this, for this, for that to happen for this reason, but it is a business at the end of the day. And I think that's what they'll do. What do you think, George? Yeah, that that's a bold take right there, Drew. I mean, I, I don't think they move on from Dak, but you know, it's going to be interesting on the whole contract situation. Really that that'll be the talk because Dak did want top quarterback money. And I think that's where they were debating on, you know, which was the price, but if you were to give me an option and who I want, do I want Dak Prescott or Andy Don? I'm picking Dak Prescott every day of the week. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, before I give my thoughts on that, I'm going to ask Joe, what are your thoughts, Joe, on what George was saying? Yeah, I agree with George. I would rather have a Dak Prescott than an Andy Dalton as my starter. Yes, Andy, uh, yes, Dak Prescott was up and down this season, but it's just this season, his prior seasons with the Cowboys, he was pretty good. And I believe he could still be that type of guy in the previous seasons. Yeah. And keep in mind too, I'm not saying that Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than Dak. I believe that Dak is a better quarterback than Andy, but I'm thinking from a business perspective, you have Andy under contract for, I mean, I would like to get a fact check on, on what his contract is, but it's not, it's not a lot. It's, Pretty sure it's I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, it was around twelve million a year, if I remember correctly, but I'm don't quote me on that. But you know, if you have an Andy Dalton who wins the division for your team and he's getting paid, you know, twelve million, uh, and then you have Dak who was I mean, I, I doubt that he's gonna be wanting forty million after this, but you have Dak who wants big time money because he's been a big time player for the Cowboys. And if you, if you take that into consideration, then I think the Cowboys would move forward with Andy Dalton if Dak is still wanting big-time money. Now, if Dak were to say, okay, listen, I understand I got an injury. Uh, I understand that this injury could, could be a big deal for my career moving forward. So let's not have a big time contract. Let's do a contract for, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 million. Well then, yeah, Cal- I, I could see the Cowboys jumping on that for sure. Because at that point, the, both sides understand that there's got to be some give and there's got to be some take. I don't know. What are your thoughts, George? Yeah. So Andy Don is signed to a one-year contract for $3 million. Uh, he's up to 7 million with incentives, but you know, his signing bonus was one million and his base salary is two million. Oh wow. So it's even it's even smaller than I thought. So with that I mean, with that being said, you know, of course if Andy Dalton plays well then and they decide to keep him, then of course they're gonna probably give him a better contract than that. But then then you then you have to think about that. You have to think about, okay, well what what will Andy Dalton want? What will Dak want? These are things that, you know, the Cowboys as a business will have to take into consideration. These are things that Jerry Jones is going to have to, you know, question, which one am I going to keep? Is it worth keeping this one over this one? 
this one wants more, this one wants less. What do I do? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, Dak, he's a proven winner. Like I said, since 2016, he's third when it comes to wins. So it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward with this. Do you think, though, that let's let's you know make the hypothetical again. Do you think that if Dak wants somewhere, we'll say somewhere in there, we'll say 25 million. Okay, because I know he wanted like 40 million. So we'll say 25 million. Do you think that if Dak wants 25 million and then Andy, after taking his team, you know, we still don't know because it's still an if on whether Andy will win this division. But let's say Andy wins this division and he asks for, we'll say, I don't know, we'll say 18 million. I'm just going to throw that out there. Who, who do you go with if you're Jerry Jones? 18 million Andy Dalton or 25 million Dak Prescott? I would still run with Dak for $25 million because if Andy Dalton does win this division, this is an easy division to win. So I would go with the proven winner in Dak because he, like, from time and time again, he proved that he could win this division from prior years when it was a little bit harder. But now it's super easy to get a win against these four um, four teams. So I still go with Dak. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Dak would ask for that 25-ish that your hypothetical is because that, that's around Teddy Bridgewater money. So I think he'd still want more than that. But again, you know, quarterbacks is what make your NFL teams, you know. So you got to have the better quarterback. And I I think Dak is better than a lot of other options out there, especially in the system. So I would definitely try to work out that deal. We've seen Jerry Jones, you know, take on some bad contracts where he overpaid other players. And, you know, so I I think if he could somehow find a way to get off of those players, maybe move them and get some more room under his book for that and make room for a Dak Prescott, I think that'd be the better way to go than to just move away from Dak and replace him. We also got to keep in mind too that, this injury might be, you know, this injury might not make Dak Prescott the same player that he was, you know, Dak was a very mobile quarterback and an injury as serious as this might not make him as mobile as he once was as, as strong with his, uh, as strong with his uh, footwork as he once was. So we got to keep in mind that this might affect him overall as a quarterback. So with that being said too, I don't know. I, there's so many variables to consider in my opinion. And it's one of those things where if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not even thinking about that until like, I'm, I'm more thinking, okay, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it because there's so many variables in my opinion. Oh yeah. I mean, to me that that's not even a question at this point. Um, that was just, you know, the hypothetical that you brought up, but you know, I think everyone's just hoping for him to get better. And, you know, I, I think as of right now, he would be the starting quarterback you know, when he comes back, but it's interesting to see like how he will return because like you said, he is a mobile quarterback, you know, so a lot of his plays do rely on him running the ball. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully he comes back fine. Agreed. Well, that's all the time we have for today, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on Highly Contested. We will post a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to stay tuned. Keep with it and be prepared to be highly contested. Have a good one. Highly contested. Highly contested. 
Dominic. Dominic.